Support for this program is provided by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The Federal Energy Regulatory Commission is looking to put power back in the hands of the nation's utilities to revamp interstate transmission lines. See, since 2011, major new interstate power lines would go through a competitive bidding process. But a decade later, that effort looks like a failure. Investments in regional transmission lines actually fell by billions of dollars between 2010 and 2018, and construction of new high-voltage transmission lines also declined. Those trends come as President Joe Biden aims to rid the electric grid of planet-warming carbon dioxide by 2035. Meaning FERC is facing a major issue. Time. Experts say that the transmission grid will need to expand 60 percent by 2030, so less than 10 years, in order to meet the president's goal. And the grid will also need to triple the existing amount of lines in order to reach his mid-century goal, which would be to decarbonize the entire economy. That's Politico's Catherine Morehouse. And today, we talk about FERC's latest transmission rules, why the commission's original effort failed in the first place, and the pushback FERC may face moving forward. It's Monday, May 16th. So FERC has known for a long time that the way transmission is built in this country is not working. And that issue has become even more urgent as we've added more renewables onto the grid and basically unlocking the transmission system, unlocking renewables is a really crucial part to achieving the Biden administration's goal. There are 1300 gigawatts of clean energy resources waiting to interconnect to the power grid, and that could bring the grid to 80% renewable energy by 2030. So that's obviously a huge chunk of the administration's goal. So it's a really, really important thing that FERC needed to figure out. And they took just the first step last month. They basically decided to chip away at a couple of big things. One thing is they decided to figure out some stuff with cost allocation, give a little bit more power to states and see if states could figure out a better way to determine who pays for what, because that's a big part of these delays. And another thing they did was they will require all transmission owners to plan really far out in the future. So to say, where do you expect to build resources? What resources do you expect? And that should just kind of help utilities be mindful when they're building out these big lines. And another thing FERC did that aims to be a little bit more controversial is they essentially gave utilities back a lot of the power that they had lost in the past decade to kind of have the exclusive right to build these transmission lines. Yeah, on that last point, that's particularly interesting. So FERC is looking to give power back to utilities. So what exactly does that mean in practice and what sort of actions has FERC taken in that area? So what FERC did was it essentially said that utilities can have the exclusive right to build and to construct and to own these transmission lines, which, by the way, make up a really significant portion of utility revenue. And they said, you can have that authority, really have that authority back because it was taken away under another order, Order 1000. But in order to do that, you have to enter into a joint agreement with, you know, whoever, whether it be another 
investor-owned utility, whether it be a municipal utility or a developer, but in order to kind of have that exclusive right, you have to at least split it with one other person. Right. And then, yeah, you mentioned the notorious Order 1000, which I became familiar with myself when I covered FERC a little bit. So why is Order 1000 such a big piece to all of this? Yeah, so I'll give you a brief bit of history about the utility system. FERC for the past, you know, really since the turn of the century has been trying to basically chip away at some of the monopoly power that utilities have historically had over the grid. So for a long time, you were pretty much guaranteed to get your power from a vertically integrated utility that owned the generation source, as well as the poles and the wires that brought you that generation, all of that. So Order 1000 was kind of another piece of that. And what Order 1000 did was it said, if you are building a major transmission line, then utilities in a certain area no longer have the exclusive right to build and own that transmission line. In fact, we're going to put all large transmission lines through a competitive bidding process to basically ensure that customers have the best possible cost when it comes to you know, how much of their bill that takes up. And what has kind of happened over the past decade is we really haven't seen those big regional lines get built. And proponents of competition think that FERC should have basically required more transmission lines to fall under that category, you know, smaller lines and smaller projects, because we've seen utilities really focused on those projects where they don't have competition. Utilities say that, well, competition just made the process too cumbersome and, you know, you should really give us back this right to build them because then we don't have to deal with all this hassle of a whole solicitation process and all of that. So we also know that whenever there's a big kind of energy policy change, in this case, you know, really revamping how transmission is built in this country, it feels like there's always legal issues. So even if, you know, FERC is kind of able to take it in this different direction, do we expect legal issues to to complicate that? You know, former chair Neil Chatterjee believes that this is kind of the weak spot of FERC's overall proposal. And he thinks that really nothing else in the proposal, but this really will open up this proposal to a lot of lawsuits. And the reason for that, I think, is over the past decade, we've seen a lot of new entrants come in and start to win these bids and build these lines through the competitive process. And they definitely don't want to hand that back to utilities. And there are also, you know, a lot of consumer advocates who really believe that competition is the best way to cost effectively build out the grid. And we're seeing costs are high in the mine right now. We're seeing really high ratepayer bills. And so this part of the proposal in particular definitely threatens to present some legal challenges if it remains in the final version of this rule. Also, speaking of FERC, this week the commission will consider whether to permit three natural gas projects during its upcoming open meeting. It will also address a dispute over whether the Rover Pipeline civil penalty proceeding should move forward. That's according to the agency's agenda released last Thursday. For context, the commission has been under pressure to approve the development of new gas infrastructure after it released a controversial pipeline proposal. That proposal would have required greater scrutiny of projects' climate and environmental justice impacts, and it came as gas prices have surged in recent months. 
FERC eventually backtracked on the gas policy back in March after heightened political blowback. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.